We're moving in a new direction, moving forward and moving beyond smoking. We are Altria, and our companies are leading the way in moving adult smokers away from cigarettes by taking action to transition millions toward potentially less harmful choices as we move from being known as a tobacco company to being recognized as a tobacco harm reduction company. Altria is moving beyond smoking. Find out how at Altria.com. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Hey everyone, this is the Almost World Podcast. Bringing to you mind-blowing interviews with guests from all over the world. So settle down, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, by the way, if you like the podcast, please support Elmo's World Podcast on Patreon. Your support is what helps the podcast improve more and more. Welcome to Almost World Podcast. I'm Elmo. I'm with uh, my friend here, Jeff Masty. Is that correct, man? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, and uh, how are you doing today, by the way? I'm doing great today, Elmo. Good to talk to you. All right, and I invited Jeff because um, uh, he's someone that's interested and has a lot to say about the, the, you know, religion and philosophy. And uh, can you give give us an introduction about uh, you know um, how you've arrived at where you what you believe right now in your your worldview and maybe uh, going back from your childhood to today? Uh, sure, I was raised up in the Catholics, rather liberal Catholic, I guess, because my parents also taught me evolution and critical thinking and so armed with that belief and looking at hell and looking at the other religions of the world i sort of slipped away from faith in my teens so and then i i I dabbled around with different religious views or experiences I've, i've had a lot of different religious experiences um like taoism and the kabbalah but um around election night when trump was elected and so many evangelicals voted for him such a high percentage the sort of crystallized in my mind that i'm an atheist and i was getting political so i became sort of a political atheist and now since I'm sort of stepping away from that a little bit, spending less time on Facebook and just more time doing other things. And I'm, I'm sort of here defending a, what I think is a neutral position 
which is not any particular position. But I'm ready for pushback on that. You're ready to give it, Elmo? Definitely. Okay. Well, uh, I'm, yeah, this is the first time I'm here. You're a political aide, so you were actually a Catholic before, right? Uh, and. And oh, yeah, my family, like so my Trump made you atheist? Is, yeah, it sort of crystallized the view. I was the nun. I didn't have any particular belief. And it's it just sort of the dichotomy there just crystallized the view for me. And yeah, my family is Catholic, and my mother's sister is a uh, retired uh, sister in the Catholic Church. Okay, so um, can you tell me how... Uh, that sort of worked, right? Like, um, how did it crystallize? Like I said, uh, armed with the belief in evolution, I, in the Catholic tradition, at least for my my experience of it, was that you would look at the Old Testament stories, and these were parables, because the Catholic Church will allow you to believe in evolution if you want to, since Vatican II or whatever that is. And so that's how I was raised. So I was looking at the Old Testament as parables. And I had this infinite wisdom God just plopped down these rather grotesque parables in the Old Testament. And that wasn't working out for me in my teens. And... Uh, like I said, I couldn't sustain the belief in uh, eternal conscious torture. It doesn't seem like hell. doesn't seem very realistic in my view. And then I started studying world religions and their, their artifacts and their cultures and societies and their mechanisms. And it all just looked the same to me. Christianity and the other religions started looking the same, armed with evolution. And so that was it. I looked around in church and everybody had their heads bowed and they were praying. And I said to myself, these adults here, they're just pretending, right? It's, it's, for, it's for the cultural views of these to get together on Sunday. But I come to realize now that's not true for at least 90% of them, right? There's probably some people in church who are just there for the cultural reasons, the pressure. But yeah, there's a lot of believers. But I wasn't one. I stopped believing in my teens. And I had other things on my mind at that time with puberty and drugs and, you know, music and everything. So I just dabbled around from there for a while until I became an atheist on election night, 2016. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So uh, what particular arguments did you engage probably online on Facebook with evangelicals? Uh, probably with the MAGA crowd, right? Oh, I guess I just run through the arguments in a sort of cycle. <laughs> Perhaps propagandistically, I don't know. There's always the argument from evil. And I like to use this argument from Adsertium, which just displays the Bible artifact for my worldview and over and over in a kind of ridiculous light. And that's, that's what I use often. 
argument ad absurdum. Mm, so um, in a way, like uh, because the it appears funny or absurd, then yeah, it's wrong. Or it's a tribal artifact. It's you know it's it's a deep part of our culture. It's an amazing work, the Bible. I enjoy reading it, but you know it's not divinely inspired. I wouldn't know how to begin to qualify some text as, as divinely inspired. Okay, so um, problem of evil, the uh, absurdity of the Bible. Um, what mm-hmm. else? What sorts of uh, like sort of arguments did you engage in that sort of crystallized your atheism? Oh, besides what I said earlier, uh, like I like to argue with young Earth creationists, but you're not asking about that. You're at, are you asking about what I put out on Facebook or what? Okay, if you were a disbeliever before, right? Like uh, as you even you mentioned that as you were a teenager, then mm-hmm. um, I guess you, it uh, it more more so in the public arena. That's when you it was became clear for, to you that um, you would uh, actually be publicly an atheist, you know, because of the election. I wanted to get involved politically and the religious aspects of my conservative opponents served like a juicy target for me to engage and lever things around. Mm-hmm. You don't believe that there is a God, right? I don't hold that belief. I don't necessarily disbelieve. I tell people that I'm 5% confident in some kind of pantheism, generic goddess type deal, but I don't know what that would be. I don't see particular signs of it. So you're an agnostic, mostly. Yeah, 95% doubt the pantheistic proposition. Can you tell me the specific reasons as to why you just don't think that there is a God out there, even if it is like a deity? Because I wouldn't know which one it is. There's so many to choose from. And like generic God that doesn't interact with me is totally possible. I'm, I don't, I, I don't see, I don't see one interacting. So whatever, you know, I got, I got bills to pay and children to raise and all of that. I see. So, so uh, you I sort of found it irrelevant. Yeah. There is a possibility, right? As you mentioned that there is a God out there that doesn't interact and there is there are sort of eternal consequences to this i guess possible ones right um so why why not uh, sort of put focus on this more right how and, would you know, i focus like i have this magic eight ball here you know if i focus and i shake the eight ball would it would it tell me which which are consequential actions and which aren't because we're talking about a god that doesn't interact mm-hmm. so how but, would i know i'm not i'm not a psychic possibly yeah i i do agree right uh and uh so when it comes to this you know when you are searching for the truth right and you you face the fact and accept the fact that it is possible that there is a god out there but that just doesn't interact right and so um as a, as a human being, you would have to be honest with yourself and find out, you know, gather the data 
to determine like um has this god ever interacted with us right like when you're talking about when i studied all those world religion and i studied the bible in depth that you know research like that you're talking about and uh, that, uh, that would count sure you definitely okay. yeah cool <laughs> so uh, when you did so when you did that right um uh so so this i think this means that you're a you're a deist i guess like uh but in, in you know like you would consider deism as a fact but you uh, you wouldn't go as far to, as to say that like a like a classical theist god you know that the three omnis and then a personal one right you, you well, don't said, see any reason that what that elmo, one could elmo, exist elmo i said five percent confident in some kind of generic god and 95 percent doubt if you call that a theist, then go ahead. But I don't really see it like. So if you like, I guess like so. Um, part of you disagrees with yourself, right? That sure, sure. Everything's okay. a degree of confidence. True. Um, you know, Definitely. I, I try to reevaluate my confidence levels based on new evidence coming in. Say that there is the, as you said, you know, there's just a five percent possibility that, that there's a deist god out there, right? And the five percent is enough to to consider all the data. And as you said, you know, you've uh, taken a look at all the world religions. But um, so uh, here's the thing, though. Like, um, how sure are you that your method in determining uh, which religion has the right God or which one, or if there is actually none that, that, that is supposed to work out, you know, um, how do you know if you're right about this? Oh, I have degrees of confidence. I don't. So, um, like, it would depend on which claim specifically you're talking about and the evidence for that claim. I just try to evaluate the evidence and come to some sort of conclusion. There are discrepancies in the data. Like we get all our input data is not perfect and we are limited human beings with limited knowledge. So all of our claims should come with that caveat, right? So like, I don't know for sure my methods are true and proper, but it's the best stuff I have to go mm. on. If you're going to introduce something different, like how would you sell it? What what are the what are the points, the deficiencies in my methods that your methods do better? That would be what I would be asking if I'm going to, you know, change. Mm, definitely, yeah, yeah. Granted, that 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 would make that point too. And so, um, when uh, when we talk about degrees of confidence, right? So that that means that you there is no certainty in any claim that you're going to make, right? Um, so like we might be in a, and what do you call it? A simulation. Is that po do you believe that's possible? But uh, I have my reasons. But this, an infinite God could run simulations. That was definitely in his ballywick, in his job description. Simulations are nothing. Well, uh, one could make an argument, right? <laughs> but uh, so, to, I guess um, my question for you, right? Like, um, 
if you have no certainty on whether or not God exists or does exist, right, and you remain to be convinced that he, he exists. So uh, if you are going to make, a, a let's say, a claim that the, the Bible is absolutely nonsense, I don't make up. I don't. I make claims. I try to restrict claims to evidence claims, so I don't make. I don't just go out there and make absolute claims, do I? I'm. Not, I'm trying not to do that in this interview. So uh, when you say like an evidence claim, um, you you mean to say that um, it, you only make, I guess, uh, hi, like like. Uh, like, hypothetical statements based on the current data that is available to you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the alternative? Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, so uh, here's the thing, though, right? Like, um, you know, when one claims to have, like, the truth or be right in an argument, then uh, you would have to sort of have at least some degree of certainty in your, in your position. Okay, so let's let's try a simple case. Let's say if somebody is arguing that the planet Jupiter is inside Venus's orbit, that that you know that proposition could be true or false, and a person would have to put up evidence, and somebody else could say, no, 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 Venus is inside Jupiter's orbit. It's not the other way around, and that other person can put up evidence, and you have to evaluate the quality of the different evidences for and against. Simple as that, really. I see. Yeah, but um, of course, like, and there, there, uh, there is, at some point, you will arrive at enough evidence to determine and to have absolute certainty whether or not which a planet orbits the others right uh see i'm i'm not absolutely confident we aren't in a simulation so i'm not absolutely confident that my you know my sanity is is right here right now because i could be hallucinating i could be in a dream right now but I doubt it. Anyways, I, I'm more comfortable shifting without absolute confidence. I don't know what, I don't know which checkboxes I have to check off to, to reach that golden standard of absolute confidence. And um, I don't know what I would I do see. with it. Interesting. So uh, you also apply that to um, you know, all the religions that you have and I'm perfectly explored. Fine with that. Right? Possibly included. I I I don't know um, if you have looked into them, like Hinduism or or Scientology. Okay. For instance. All right. Well. Uh, so right now, you know, sure, you're, you're sure. probably someone who uh, like um, like where where religion is so. most of the time like irrelevant in your daily life, right? And the. Uh, at best, now you only encounter it, you know, in family discussions because your family is mostly Catholic, right? Or maybe on Facebook. Oh, I'm talking about my extended family. My my personal family is mostly non-believers. My house, inside my house, we're mostly non-believers. Um, I engage. I like to engage with ritual, like on the solstices and equinox. I like to go out and hike. 
to this solitary spot I have and sort of take inventory of, you know, my life and how things are going. I like to experience different um, religious experiences because I think that's a human experience. Everybody around the world has cultures that are mystical. So I can do that too, if I just have the right setting and get in the right mood, I can, I can experience that too, no problem. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, well, maybe we could talk about like um, what, what uh, you know, how you see the world and, and, the, and the things that you have high degrees of confidence right so um for example uh let's say let's not about how about i guess in terms of god right you don't have a like you have a low degree of confidence in that if he exists and how about your personal existence you know let's talk about um, metaphysics here right um how how high is the degree of your confidence that you actually are here talking to me right now and and i guess that's the solipsis question okay well Oh, yeah. I'm not absolutely confident that hard solipsism is false. But I don't know if we talked about it in the beginning of this podcast or in our introductory discussion, but I'm a presuppositionalist in that I presuppose existence, identity, and that sometimes our senses tell us something true about the world around us. So like, I don't think anybody has good solid evidence for or against existence, identity, and the sensory input problems of hard solipsism. As far as I know, the, the philosophical universities are still working on that problem. Am I correct? So, so, you know, that's, we presuppose that we are rational creatures or not creatures, beings, and we go from there. That's, that's our presuppositions you're talking about, existence, identity. Okay, now let's, uh, let's break them down first. Like, I'm going to... Uh... Uh, can you, you know, so some people might not understand how this presuppositional stuff, you know, stuff works, right? So, um, um, can you tell me why you have to presuppose your own existence, right? Like maybe I don't exist, right? Why do, you, why does it, uh, or maybe why can't you actually prove you exist right now? I don't. I just think that people. What would constitute proof? Like, what are you, what are you bringing to the table as your evidence? I'll look at it, but until you do so, you know what, you can't make claims, right? So it's, it's on you to, to do that, that work. Say I'm in a position saying like, hey, I exist, right? You can see me, you can talk to me, you know, I can. Uh, I make these decisions that affect reality and uh, we have corresponding reactions to reality, you know, and uh, usually the same, the same stimuli. So um, I exist. How would, how would, but we already discussed this when we said, how would we, how would I prove that I'm not right now dreaming? How would we prove that 
some CIA lab didn't take me in night and drug me and put me in some their newest VR state for this, you know. I don't have that I don't have those kind of goods to bring to the table to absolutely prove it. I have a high degree of confidence that I'm not sitting in a CIA lab right now, but that's the best I can do. Um, and if I say I don't know I'm sitting in a CIA lab and I study quantum mechanics and uh, string theories and different types of D space, then it's, it's not clear that we aren't just a projection from some other sort of realm. All of this might be at a, some quantum level. We just don't know. We don't have the goods to to know. Knowledge is is not is belief based on reliable methods, and sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we're ignorant. We don't have the instruments to measure. We don't have enough uh, study, really. You know. And that seems to be where we're at. It's not necessarily our fault. If you look at ourselves 200 years ago before Darwin or a thousand years ago before, you know, solar system knowledge and gal galaxies, what, what could we say then? We, wouldn't, we couldn't make claims about the orbit of Jupiter, but we can do so now. And that's not to say in the future we won't be able to make more interesting claims about the big questions. But I'm still on the hunt. I'm still looking for answers. And it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, that, I, I, I do agree. Yeah. In terms of the presupposition of your identity, though, can you be more specific about that? I, I too, am sort of uh, uh I guess curious as to how you understand it. I presuppose it. There's nothing to understand. I'm waiting for more evidence to come through. Um, presuppositions are things that you have without evidence. That's why they're presuppositions. That's why you call them that. You just put them out there as axioms and you say it's pointless to talk about these things. You either accept or reject unless you bring some really mature evidence for or against this presupposition. So if you wanna talk about identity, go ahead and I'll ask questions, but I don't really, I just presuppose it. And I look at hard solipsism once a year. I take it off the shelf and I notice that nothing's really changed and it kind of irks me. But otherwise I have more productive things to do than you know navel gazing all the time. All right. So, um, all right. Let's say, can you talk more about um, how the uh, the uh, identity needs? Why identity needs to be presupposed? Like, um, can uh, what is identity? Like, uh, is it more of like um, the eyes, like the principle of individuality? So is that is that the case? Well, the way I put it is, in order to talk about a god and existing we're moving in a new direction moving forward and moving beyond smoking we are altria 
And our companies are leading the way in moving adult smokers away from cigarettes by taking action to transition millions toward potentially less harmful choices as we move from being known as a tobacco company to being recognized as a tobacco harm reduction company. Altria is moving beyond smoking. Find out how at Altria.com. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen, to cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. You know, that word existence. And, and in order for you to not believe that I am your God, we have to, in a first, at a lower step, we have to accept the concepts of existence and identity because you you might think I exist and you also don't think that I share the same identity as your God. So like we all we're in agreement here. We should move on and talk about other things. These are presuppositions. Yeah, and I, I guess I just wanted to understand more, you know, and uh, get more de- de- a detailed description. But yeah, all right, I do agree that these things have to be presupposed. Yeah, and uh, they just mm. prove I'm not in a CIA lab under drugs-induced <laughs> hallucinations. Then these won't be presuppositions anymore. They'll be evidenced you know fancy claims actual evidence claims are preferable to presuppositions and uh, how about like the principle of sufficient uh i I forgot (laughs) anyways okay let's move on um all right so in in terms of the metaphysics of the universe right do you do you uh, what's your opinion on i guess what's your view what are your views on consciousness are we a panpsychist universe substantially consisted of the same you know material as consciousness oh i'm i'm open for further evidence either way i'm pretty undecided i it's i asked i asked my wife last night if she's worried if deep down under all the layers of sophistication and processes if we aren't all just a cheap calculator inside going bleep, bleep, bleep. Um, you know, materialist, if, if there is no spirit, if she worries about that. Because, you know, she, she believes in some kind of spirit thing. It's rather vague what exactly it might be. But I don't, I'm not against the idea. I just don't believe in it. Does that make sense? I'm open to the concept. I'm open to the concept, but I don't see the evidence for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, you are a materialist for now. Uh, like, like if we play, for instance, if we play a game of pool together, billiards, you know, and you try to get the eight ball in the pocket. If if I'm not a materialist and I'm playing that game with you, what might I be and how would it affect our game? Would I be some kind of spiritualist and like hope for some miracle on the, on the pool table? I'm not sure. 
but no, I'm pretty much a materialist, you know, I'm not expecting your, your pool ball to pass through mine and just magically go into the pocket. I, I expect the game to be, to be based on skill and some luck. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, let's, let's say, uh, let's talk free will, right? You presuppose identity and that means there is a you right there and there is an I. And is this I, you know, um, able to bypass the deterministic nature of a universe and actually have this this free agency? Seems like it. I mean, if you're talking about personal experience, yeah, totally. Is, is personal experience always the mm -hmm. best guide? So if we have personal experiences and we have free will, so uh, and and I guess I, when I say free will, of course, that um, there is sort of buffers in our brains that instead of obeying like the the determined uh, direction that the Big Bang would have had for us, that we could actually uh, decide different outcomes. And and uh, you know, in the oh, you're talking about when the when the when the metal actually hits the pedal right at the, the really lower levels yeah. under all the layers of sophistication down in our neurons down there you think there's are we actual agent that can decide the direction of of every of, uh, of our lives you know and we're not just materialist robots walking you know on and about having the illusion of of agency when we are actually programmed well i think we still have much to learn about how our brains work do you think we have our brains all well i i, I presuppose agents i'm not i'm not a brain scientist okay well sure you can presuppose agency if you want to and i just be wondering like like i can pick between mcdonald's or taco bell whether i yeah, so uh, Jeff, um, so uh, do you, you know, do you in the and in like the the below all the layers of sophistication, right? Um, and this presupposed self, you know, the identity that you and I have from your worldview, does this have agency? How would you define agency? Do you define agency yeah. uh, in a materialistic sense or in a supernatural sense? Materialistic sense. Sure. Like my dog has agency. Even though he's old and blind, he still has desires and whims and attitude. So uh, we, in, a, in a way, um, you know, in a, in a materialist world such as ours, you know, when... All when um, it's purely mathematical, you know, and uh, th there is something uh, happening in our brains. Like there's an, a phenomenon there that sort of like uh, can decide on its own whether or not we could f obey or, or like determine the future and everything. There. <laughs> Can you please repeat that? I kind of got lost in these concepts, but yeah, we'll just go more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, um, um, you know, in our mathematical universe, right, that it's pure, if, it, if, if it's purely materialistic, and, you know, all the atoms in our brains are actually just, you know, cause and effect and cause and effect, and we are not actually 
free in in uh so um so th- th- this seems to me that you hold the compatibilist view on free will mm. well i'm i'm just not very knowledgeable in this area when i presuppose identity and existence it's you asked me earlier to specify more clearly or it is a little fuzzy and mainly it's just to get around hard solipsism so we can go into productive conversations i presuppose that hard solipsism is false yeah but um i th- i i believe that um um free will is as essential as hard solipsism right like uh Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to tie that in together. So when we say identity, and if we're talking about free will, and I'm sorry, well, you know, I said I'm not. I don't know. Nobody knows really how the brain works. We're waiting on more information on how the brain works. Um, you can presuppose free will if you want to, but I don't. I don't feel the need to do that. I'm I'm waiting for answers to be shown to me by by further exploration. But you just said that your dog has agency. So uh, you you did make the claim that um to some level we as living organisms have There's so many layers of complexity in our brain that we don't understand and many things are lost in translation when we're going down from uh down into the synapses and what we observe up here at this level of consciousness is it feels like it has this feeling of agency um but it's it's It, it it's an illusion. An illusion, like consciousness. For instance, dolphins have very large brains for their body mass, and much of their brains are used for mm. processing. What do you think, though? Inside their brains, but we use much of our brains for creating this echo, which we call consciousness. What it is exactly, I don't know. But if you take the brain away, then people lose consciousness. I know that much. If you if you take nutrients away from mm-hmm. the brain and take liquids, well, yeah, these people will lose consciousness. They'll stop interacting with our consciousness experiments. Yeah, of course. Like, and uh, but I'm not asking what consciousness is. I'm simply asking, right? Like uh, me as a as a I have a presupposed identity. You have a presupposed identity in your worldview. So there is a you, right, that is making decisions in in daily life. And I'm asking you, did we uh, are we actually did we actually freely choose that, or like outside of any external circumstances? No, outside of based on based yeah based on my experiments. Like I can't really tell if if choosing between Taco Bell or Chick Fil A is is an act of free will. Like, why is it not a a learned response? How how would you prove either way? Yeah. So, for example, uh, there are two words. I there's there are two possible outcomes here. Let's say I, if I I could say A or I could say B in the next five seconds, right? One, two, three, four, five. B. 
I, I chose that randomly, like absolutely randomly. There was no reason for me to choose A or B or, you know, or the, like there's no percentage, just purely random, right? Those are two outcomes mm -hmm. that I decided for myself. You claim, you claim so, but how do you, what's your evidence? Well, you could put it in a, in a thought experiment, right? Like um, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a thought experiment where, you know, there are two doors that are there that's so random right um i can decide either one there's a, like it's pure 50 50 percent you know how do you know it's not how how do you know it's not environmental conditioning how do you know it isn't something you ate this morning well you what you what the Quit. gave you uh gave you a different neurotransmitter yeah. mix and but, you know. but if you pre presuppose identity right so my identity is i'm everything in in this box or or, or I'm, I'm this thing right and it's it's probably in constant flux uh, you know but it's, it's me because I, i'm this identity in your worldview so this identity decided independently of external forces a or b right so i would so i would say that you know this is the way this is how you know i agency works right and how free will works you know we we decide outcomes the, the free will question is very interesting and like i said i'm i'm still waiting on more proper evidence and as such i have to be able to engage in both both ways mm -hmm. so if you want to if you go if you want to go the free will route and you want to ask me something from that uh, mm -hmm. that place, I can, you know, I can play along with that, see where we go. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess if, that, we just, yeah. if we presuppose it for the for the sake of this argument, of let's course. just presuppose free will. You include it in your All list right. of the things that presuppose now. Yeah, you had. So I would say that that would go like this: is is if you presuppose hard solipsism is false which i do for for usefulness then then i it, then you're saying it necessarily follows that free will exists is basically what you're saying yeah otherwise you can make a choice on that whether you accept free will or not if, if you if you presuppose that hard solipsism well you could be a uh presuppositionalist and still you know not be a determinist right like um yeah. There are ways around that, you know. <laughs> and uh, okay, so uh, I guess um, it is essential because a friend of mine had like uh, uh, had a you know had a funny discussion with someone who was a uh, like a uh, like a pure, I guess determinist, right? He said that he has no free will, no agency, and it was just pure robot, you know. Like uh, so, like um, so in. in like like in the normal human sense you know how does one think about and talking to someone who who believes that way right um all the, all the clean isolated repeatable evidence i can produce is it's all deterministic like for instance that pool that pool game we were talking about earlier shooting some balls around the, the felt tabletop. That's deterministic if, if you take into account the 
person's angle and the pressure of the cue. So all the evidence we can produce is deterministic. Mm. You can, you know, strut out there and mm. put your shoulders out there and say, deterministic is a thing, mm -hmm. you know, above the quantum level, of course. Yeah, but... Um, but what can you produce mm -hmm. for evidence? Well, okay, well, that, that consists of, like, most of the universe, but in, in, in some parts of the universe that, you know, like human, human thought, you know, psychology, right? There are things that we cannot make testable predictions about on, and, you know, we cannot, like, put a human being in a, uh, in an, an laboratory and, you know, make, uh, predictions on what, how they would react, right? We are, we actually. Is this, uh, this might be a problem with our instruments, you know? Instruments. Every day we're building better microscopes. We're building more sensitive detectors on those on those neurons. Every day, we're fixing more mental diseases that are physiological. Physical, I'm sorry. So maybe we just haven't gotten to that mm -hmm. stage yet. Maybe just, yeah. just because we haven't gotten there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's still it's it's open ended question. Yeah. Maybe, but in so in this sense, though, right? Um, if you are going to present, you know, an argument of self, right? And then this self is some, it's like uh, this this being or entity. The God. I'm not. I'm not. Pre I'm not presenting an argument. I'm presupposing it. That's unevidenced. I'm not. I'm just presupposing it. <laughs> And you can presuppose it or or not. You can do what you want. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you that I presuppose it. I'm not presenting evidence. I'm not presenting an argument. Mm -hmm. I'm just these are in my sets of presupposition. What's yours? Yeah, I actually agree with you. I actually presuppose these things too, right? And I'm just just asking you some questions to understand this. I'm not I'm not going ahead and claiming that I can prove the you know identity or if if we could if we could then they wouldn't be presuppositions exactly be yeah evident conclusions exactly which, are, which i think are greater because mm -hmm. you have more tools to decipher what's going on with mm -hmm. with epistemology and everything when you're dealing mm -hmm. with presuppositions you're you're really mm -hmm. in the dark i think yeah but i guess like um what what i what i'm sort of like looking for is the coherence of your presuppositions with you know these concepts like free will and morality and uh because you know free will is uh i guess it's really you can't really separate that from morality right because in order to have some morality you need to uh have beings that actually act and decide good or evil you know or at least some someone you can hold accountable for for specific actions in a scenario right mm, i think so mm -hmm. sounds good to me what's the what's the alternative position well you could be a nihilist and say well um I, there's no me there's no meaning in life there's no morality there's just a materialist universe and we just happen to exist well you know a lot of times in my uh in my meditation or 
in my religious experience exploration, I'm trying to seek out this this sort of uh, washed out consciousness. And what it is, I don't know what it is, but now you're si- now if you to bring that to your earlier point, oh, with nihilists, mm-hmm. nihilists, you know, I'm just I'm open. I'm open for evidence either way on that. I, I don't. I'm not placing any bets. Well, you know, I go about my daily life. Of course, right. If we we have free will, and I just don't know at the detailed level at in our brains where there's billions of interactions going on per second. Mm-hmm. What's actually going on there? That's that's where the answer lies. That's right. Wouldn't you look there for, to answer your question? Definitely. And uh, I'm very, uh, uh, I actually see something that's sort of a trend in your worldview, right? Uh, it, yeah. it is that you always go back to, you know, like um, your everyday life. Like um, uh, it's not relevant for you, you know. Um, you, of course, like you have to pay the bills, you know, do, and I, and like everybody does, right? We have to, uh, uh, Pro, like proceed with our and continue with our lives you know no matter the consequences or the entailments of our philosophical worldviews and i think um this is uh relevant to you why you presuppose things you know if you are if someone is actually just purely after the evidence right then you wouldn't be a presuppositionalist because you know if if you if the only thing that can convince you of what is true is if there is enough data to actually have a high degree of confidence in it then um what's your data to prove that hard solipsism isn't real nothing you presuppose that it isn't real right right so um what why are you why do you why i am um, what i'm seeing is that you don't you presuppose presuppose so presuppose presuppose identity existence and a lot of other things maybe uh free will because it influential in your daily life consequential i think it's it seems reasonable to presuppose the fewest number of items and like otherwise there's no limit to what you can presuppose you can presuppose jupiter is inside venus's orbit if you want to that's, that's but that would but that orbit. would be uh but um that would be contrary to the available evidence right and the available that would, that would be contrary to your to what you've built up going off of the idea that sometimes our senses tell us something true about an external reality. Exactly. So if you if you if you build patterns of your sensory input and then you you would it would be difficult to also presuppose Jupiter is inside Venus's orbit. So, I mean, you, you want to limit what you presuppose. Why? You don't want to go hog wild on it. But why? To reduce conflicts. I just gave you that one. Presupp- I just gave you one thing you could presuppose, and there's problems with it. There's complications with it. And 
we much prefer to go with the evidence when we can. Mm -hmm. Whenever we can, we have more tools, we have experience. So uh, what you're saying is that there is evidence to show that that um, we we exist and we have identity, but it's not enough to be absolutely certain, right? But so there there is a possibility that yeah. there is no existence, there is no identity, but you would rather go with the evidence and give it the benefit of the doubt. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's a leap of faith, man. Take that step. Okay. Do it. And then let's talk about like how how you would increase my confidence in a God. Definitely, would, man. What would be the step? Hmm. Okay, well. I'm at, I'm at 5% now. <laughs> Got to crank it up. All right. Well, uh, that, that's great to hear, man. But um, uh, and uh, one last question, bro. And uh, um, Jeff, uh, um, you know, you are, I, I see you're a very, uh, uh, honest man and uh, you know uh then these it actually takes integrity you know to uh be honest about the not being sure of things yeah and actually taking everything into consideration you know, you know? and so uh, i, I want to ask you though um you being someone who has of course like not is not getting involved into the political religious discussions anymore because you know it's by it, trump isn't in on in the office anymore right so uh, you said yeah, that <laughs> yes but uh, where are you going now going forward like um you probably still read some philosophy books from time to time or maybe articles right so um what's your future going uh concerning these topics oh yeah um I'm reading Khalil Gibran right now. Oh, nice. Sometimes I, sometimes I pick up the Vedas and read through them. Um, I'm just doing a lot of woodworking, mainly. That's been my primary hobby since Trump left office. I got my my man cave going nicely. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And is there anything you would like to promote, bro? Like maybe a book or a YouTube channel? Ah, no, I don't. Have to add this time. Okay, awesome. I like I like Tom Jump and Pine Creek. Yeah, yeah. They're good atheists. All right, thank you for having me on. Okay, and Jeff, it's been awesome to have you on the show, and uh, I'm glad to have been able to pick your brain, man. And hopefully, we can move that five percent to a hundred percent next time. All right, take care, man. <laughs> Bye. Um. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. We're moving in a new direction. Moving forward. And moving beyond smoking. We are Altria, and our companies are leading the way in moving adult smokers away from cigarettes by taking action to transition millions toward potentially less harmful choices as we move from being known as a tobacco company to being recognized as a tobacco harm reduction company. Altria is moving beyond smoking. Find out how at Altria.com. Holidays are here. 
and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately.